Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So Jesus moves from false teachers to false followers. People that think they're going to heaven, but they're not. Now how dangerous is that? And that's our fourth warning from Jesus. Don't deceive yourself by religious works. Many of us can recall a time where we've been tricked or deceived at some point in our lives. Whether it's a salesman with a bunk product or someone that's manipulating us for their gain, it's never an enjoyable experience. But what about spiritual deception? When it comes to eternity, many of us would agree that this is the worst deception imaginable. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us about spiritual deception. In our study, we learn about the tragic reality of those who believe they're saved, but will never enter into God's kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Your Final Destination, Don't Be Deceived. You say, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can understand or discover who a false teacher is. I'm just a sheep. Yes, you can. Look at verse 16 and verse 20. Jesus says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Verse 20, by their fruit, you will recognize them. In other words, I can recognize, you can recognize false prophets, false teachers, false pastors. We can have discernment. We can spot them and we can avoid them. I can. It's not you may, or maybe you will. He says, you will recognize them. Let me just say, anytime I teach about heaven or hell or destination or whatever, it causes a little, a little uneasiness in me. Because, see, I'm a shepherd. And I have responsibility somewhat to where you're going to spend eternity. You have the final choice. But I have a tremendous responsibility to speak the truth. I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be distracted. And that's why we set a lot of things up. You know, we don't allow children in here, except in the back couple rows. Why? Because moms with little kids, they're distracted. They don't get a thing out of the sermon. The people next to them don't. And the kids are bored to death. We don't allow walking in and out. Why? Because I want you, when you're in this service, to understand what I'm saying to you. And I don't need any distractions from Satan. And so we love our kids, and they're being taught the Word of God powerfully this morning. I just want to say this to you, humbly. You have a group of shepherds and elders here that love you and care for you. We're watching for you. We won't let you go over the crib. 
We won't let you go down the side. We won't let you come to the cliff and go over. God's given us the ability. We're not perfect, but we're real. And our goal is to get you from here to heaven. And on the way, plenty of joy and peace, happiness, bring a whole group of people with us. That's our goal. So you can be, I hope, comforted this morning and encouraged that there are men in this body, elders and pastors, not perfect, but we love you. And we're shepherds. People need a shepherd. And we're here for you. That's what Jesus says. And you see, this. I'm 62, so I've been doing this for 50 years. My dad was a pastor, my grandpa. So there is some good thing about, I won't say being old, I'll say being mature. Because <laughs> I've seen all kind of junk go in and out of the church all these years. Well, we're going to fly over to this thing. Now here's the laughing revival. Here's the one where God fills your teeth with gold. Some of you don't know a thing I'm talking about. Everything is real, I just said to you. And it's the latest hot button, and here we go. My teeth are filled with gold. Praise God. We laugh. Thousands of people never step back into church again. Because it's garbage. It's false. And they move away from the Word of God. In this church, we want the truth of the Word of God, but we do not deny the power of God. That's who changes our lives. Don't miss Wednesday night. As we talk about the Spirit of God. See, without the Spirit of God, it's just dry, boring teaching. But if you just have the power, it blows up. You've got to have the substance with it. Jesus moves from that to another warning. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What? But only, circle the word only, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So Jesus moves from false teachers to false followers. People that think they're going to heaven, but they're not. Now, how dangerous is that? And that's our fourth warning from Jesus. Don't deceive yourself by religious works. One day a man came off of his office building, came down to the street. His car was on the other side of the road. It's about a four-lane highway. And he stepped off the curb. As he stepped off the curb, all of a sudden a car came screaming toward him. And he jumped back. It's like the car was trying to hit him. And he goes, what is up with that? He waited a while, and his car's still across the street, so he stepped on, and he got kind of the middle lane, and thought he's going fine. And all of a sudden, he noticed that car had gone down, turned around, was coming back out. He had to jump back on this side of the road again. He goes, who is in that car? He waits, and he waits, and he waits, and he finally gets out, and he steps over here, and lo and behold, he hears this screech, and sure enough... The car turned around again and was coming right for him. And his eyes are like right in the lights and he's by and he just falls off on the side of the road. And the car screeches right up to him. He's laying on the side of the road. The window goes down. A squirrel is driving the car. (laughs) And the squirrel sticks his little head out and he says, 
It's not as easy as it looks, is it? I want you to think about that for a moment. It's a great joke. I love it. Has nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to put it in. No, it has a lot to do with the sermon. When we're trying to walk the road that gets us to heaven, Jesus said last week, it's a hard road. See, Satan hates people that make it to heaven, that are not deceived. That's why Jesus is giving the warnings. So what Jesus is saying, exactly what the squirrel said, it's not as easy as it looks, is it? And you and I know that. I can't do this myself. I need God's power. So do you. I need a shepherd to watch over me. I need good biblical teaching. It's not as easy as it looks. And Jesus is speaking to those kind of people who think it is easy. All they do is profess they're saved, but they don't live it. Could that be an issue in our churches today? In this passage, you read something that's shocking to us. These people who say they're Christians by their mouths, but they're not, they're doing supernatural miracles. What's up with that when they don't even know God? Well, remember, Satan's a great deceiver, has great power. Satan can perform supernatural miracles. When I said that last night, the crowd's eyes went, well, he's a great deceiver. The New Testament warns us that false teachers constantly will be a threat to the end of the world. And mixed in with their false teaching will be incredible miracles, healings, deliverances, all kind of stuff. It's the best time I got I'm not really sure about that. We'll take a look at 2 Thessalonians and then Mark 13. Paul writes, The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be in accordance with the work of Satan. Well, how will that happen? Displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and every sort of evil that, what's the word? That deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so are saved. How bad will it get? The closer we get to the end of time, and my friends, we're close. Did you know that we have another hurricane this morning? Alpha. We have to go to the Greek alphabet because we have never in the history of the world in America gone 26 letters in a year. Now we've gone to alpha to start it again. This is a sign of the end of the world. What's going to happen at the end of the world? Mark 13, 22 says, For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform miraculous signs, healings, deliverances, demons cast out, and wonders, what is their purpose? The unbeliever? No. Who? If you're a believer, raise your hand. That's his goal. His goal is to deceive you. So what happens when we get on TV? We say, wow, that person just got healed. That pastor, that it must be real. Praise God. Send my money. Careful. You say, that can't be. Yes, it can. Satan's very powerful. So that's why you have shepherds. That's why you have people 
who balance what you see. Because Satan wants to deceive even the chosen ones. Look, verse 21 again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But I ask you to circle this, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You say, Pastor Mark, are there, are there a lot of people that just, just give lip service and empty words, but they're not really Christians? You mean, could they be in this church? Well, look at the next word. Look at the next verse. Let me read it to you. Verse 22 says, many. Let me walk over here. Here's judgment day. Jesus says, many will say, oh, I did all these things. And Jesus will say, to many church people, not unbelievers, many church-going people, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. You don't have a relationship with me. What does that mean? How can that be? It's because of this. In our buildings today, our churches, many, our churches are filled with nominal Christians who have never surrendered their lives to God. They practice religious activities. They go through the motions of the religion, but they're deceived themselves. They believe in God. They, they profess his name, Lord, Lord, but it's never moved from here to here to here. And it's not just a few. It's many. They take notes. They get tapes. They serve in love and action. They give their money. They sit here week in and week out. But they never do God's will. It's their will. Notice he says, only those who do the will of my Father. Well, what is the will of the Father? One thing. If you love me, keep my commandments. You see, it's a lifestyle. It's not an event. They call Jesus their Lord, but they continue to live by their lifestyle. They're deceiving themselves. It's lip service and empty words. I don't have time to go into a lengthy thing today, but there is a tape or CD. You can get it if you like. It's called, What is a Real Christian? I'd encourage you to do that. Let me give you today three keys that define what a real Christian is. The tape will have a lot more. And let me just say this to many of you. Many of us have friends that claim they're Christians, but you never see them in church. And they'll say this, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. They're wrong. They're dead wrong. In fact, on Judgment Day, I'm very concerned that they will never make it. Why? Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. What did Jesus say about the church? Don't forsake the gathering together yourselves. He says in Ephesians 4, I've given you pastors to teach you, to guide you, to direct you. I don't need that. I can find God myself. Wrong. But we also have many people sitting in this church service right here. I mean, how horrible to hear that you didn't do the right things because your mind wasn't, mind was here, but your heart was never in it. Number one, a real Christian lives in obedience to God's will, not our will. What is God's will? Obey my commandments. The test of whether Jesus Christ is Lord in a person's life is whether they obey them, not whether they call him Lord. First John 2.6 says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So it must match my lifestyle. Jesus is way more concerned with what a person does than what they profess with their mouth. Number two, a real Christian doesn't habitually practice sin. Now, that doesn't mean a Christian never sins. 
but it hasn't become something that drives my life. You see, too many Christians on Sunday or Saturday, they do God's thing. And then Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, they do their thing. That's not a believer. That's an event. You come and punch the clock religiously. That's not it. God's not into that. He hates that. 1 John 3, 9 says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin. doesn't mean we don't sin. We all sin. But it's a lifestyle of sin. You'll see in a moment, those people just believe, I can come to Christ and live however I want. Wrong. You will never, ever, ever enter heaven. Number three, a real Christian has an ongoing, intimate relationship with Jesus. Notice Jesus says to these people, I never knew you. It wasn't that they once were Christians and fell away. He never knew them. They never had a personal relationship with him. The word knew, Jesus says, I never knew you. The word knew is a very interesting word in the original language. It's mostly used in the context of sexual intimacy. Do you have that kind of intimate relationship with God? When you leave this building today, will this be open during the next seven days? Do you desire his will, to know his will, to be in a small group, to, to give, to encourage, to serve, to love him, to be about your normal safe, to be good employee, good husband, good wife, good kid, whatever, obey right? Do you have that desire? That, that's his will. It's not your will. See, many people say, well, here's my will. I'm going away. I'm going to add Jesus. Put Jesus in my back. Here we go, God. Just get me to heaven. doesn't work. When you get there, you're going to hear those exact words. And I can't tell you a worse word to hear. Depart from me. This is not a game. But we've watered it down so much. This is a warning from Jesus. 1 John 2, 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. That's why we teach here. So you'll know his commands. It's not a negative thing. It's an incredible thing. Doing God's will is awesome. The man who says, I know him. The man who says, Lord, Lord, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Truth is not in him. He'll never get to heaven. Listen to D.A. Carlson. It's true, of course, that no man enters the kingdom of God because of obedience. We don't get to heaven because we obey. But it's equally true that no man enters the kingdom of God who is not obedient. It is true that men are saved by God's grace through faith in Christ, but it's equally true that God's grace in a man's life inevitably results in obedience. And the other view of grace cheapens grace and turns it into something unrecognizable. Cheap grace preaches forgiveness without repentance, church membership without rigorous church discipline, discipleship without obedience, blessing without persecution, joy without righteousness, and results without obedience. You see, our churches are filled today with people who profess that they're a believer, accepted Jesus, came down to the altar, asked the Lord to come into the life, went to the room, got the Bible, kneeled at a Billy Graham crusade, whatever, come to church whenever they can fit it in, do their deal, live however they want to, and expect to go to heaven. And Jesus says to you, and he says to me, are you kidding? I don't even, I never knew you. I don't even, I know your name, but you, you never submitted your will to me. When you need me, you cry out, but the rest of the time you're doing your thing. 
No, only those that do the will of God will he say enter in. So here's the last thing I want you to write today. A true follower of Jesus Christ has a personal relationship with him. It's not just verbal. And he proves it. He proves it by doing the will of God. You see, it's a, it's a disastrous thing to understand what Jesus said. He says not, not everyone that thinks they're going to heaven is. He says, I never knew you away from me. Away from me, separated from me forever. Can you imagine getting to the end of your life and you stand before God and you hear those words? I, I can't imagine any worse words ever. I never knew you. Depart from me. See, this is, Jesus is talking about the reality of heaven and hell. Pastor Mike, I don't believe in heaven and hell. You will then. It's too late. That's why Jesus Christ came. He came to lay his down life for you, for me. So how do we, when I get to the end of life here, after I've received the warnings, how do I not deceive myself today? I can't worry about other people deceiving me. I don't want to deceive myself. I thought I was a believer and Jesus said, I never knew you. How can I be sure? You see, when I die, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I was raised in this in my whole life. Not because my dad was a pastor. I'm going to heaven the same way everybody's going to heaven. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that comes from this. I want you to see this formula. Sounds like a funky formula, but it's exactly what Jesus said. Yet to all who received him in their life, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Somewhere in your Bible, write this. Here's, here's the little thing. This is what it means. I have to believe who believed in his name. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that. But then I have to receive that into my life. I have to receive him personally. The Bible says he stands at my door and knocks. He wants to come in. And when he comes in, it's not an event. It's a lifestyle that I begin doing the will of God. What is the will of God? Simply to obey his word. That's what we study here. It's a great lifestyle. And when I receive... After I believed, then I become, I become a son, I become a daughter of God with all the benefits, heaven, beautiful relationship here on earth, sins forgiven, no guilt, direction in life, awesome, incredible. But Satan has deceived so many people. Most people are stuck on the believe. It's here. I believe there's a Jesus. Do you know that the demons believe there is a Jesus? And they never move. The belief word there is an active word. If I say I'm going to sit down in this chair, I, when I sit down, I believe that the chair is going to hold me. It's a relationship. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addressed one of the most tragic realities that occurs on a daily basis, spiritual deception. In our study, Pastor Mark reflected on the teachings of Christ concerning false believers and their absence of hope. In this message, we learned about those who deceive themselves by professing Christ, yet they've never experienced being born again by God's Spirit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. The Christian life is far more than an event or emotional moment that we have at some random point in our lives. As you join us for our next message entitled, Your Final Destination, A Well-Built Life, Pastor Mark will teach us the true meaning and appearance of the Christian life. Rather than a time in our life we look back at, we'll learn how a healthy life in Christ shows continual growth, repentance, and joy. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope he is given